Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. We are lost and rewound. I'm rewound, and he's lost. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> uh, I'm Alon. And I'm Jimmy. We bring you this show every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, Allison is currently out of town. She's on assignment out in New Orleans where she's spending some time for the next indeterminate amount of time. But uh, for this show, she's I believe she's out on assignment somewhere in the country. She's she's hunting for gators. Hunting for gators and guests. Hunting for gators. We we are we are just bringing it to you, the two of us, like so, old like old times. This is like old times, little bare bones. Yep. Just when it's the two of us, just kicking it here in the studio. And if you want to contribute to this good time, had hopefully not just by us, but by you, the listener. Please go over to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash pledge and pledge a dollar, pledge any amount of money that you wish to make the station as a whole flourish. Yes, that we come to you commercial free again here, independent radio that's provided by the listeners. So again, if you want to support us directly, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. And if you ever want to be on our show and be sitting next to either one of us, uh, trust me, we don't smell. <laughs> don't preface that we don't smell because then that means that we're stinky. People that come with denials are the, usually the people that are the doers. <sighs> That's true. All right, so let me take that back then. <laughs> <laughs> come and join us in the studio. We don't smell like butts. <laughs> <laughs> Send us your pitches. Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Any of your old audio from your yesteryears is totally applicable for the show's mission. It's just to go back in time and connect the dots between then and now. If you feel that you're too afraid of us being stinky butt in the studio, you can always call into the show from across the world and be a guest that way, too. Don't think because you're not locally here in Mariel, Brooklyn town. That you can't be a part of this wonderful creative endeavor. Yes, that's a good way to put it. It is a it, you know we we like we like to connect to our uh, guests even when they can't make it here in the studio. That's absolutely true. You know we don't want to cast a wayward glance across the seas. We want to embrace. Yes, our fellow man. Absolutely. Woman. For this occasion, I've brought some clips of my own. Before we get into that, let's begin with a little sweet intro music. Oh, I love your intro music.
So I've been uh, pretty busy lately, actually. You know, I'm, I'm putting on a musical. Yeah, I hear that you're like lurking in the shadows. And it's Phantom of the Paradise. I haven't seen it. So I feel like I'm gonna, I am want to go in cold when I watch it. You had your opportunity, Jimmy. We had our fundraiser this past Sunday. Now you're just going to have to see it on your own. I wanted to go to the to the ultimate performance. So that is coming up, too. There are three of them. You want to see Phantom of the Paradise in concert March 12th, March 19th, and March 26th. All Mondays at the Secret Loft. Go to secretloftnyc.com, and you will be redirected to their Facebook page for all the information. Tickets are all on Eventbrite. We have here a clip from the Danziger Zone days when I was younger and had my ye old recording series where I stuck a tape recorder in everybody's faces. On the bus, there was an excerpt that our friend Brooks Rocco, good friend and semi-contributor to the show. Hey, Rocco! Rocco's got a little bit of a news report for you that we're about to hear right yeah, now. This is, uh, this is Rocco's pre-modern life. <laughs> Circa 94. It's Brooks again. I just want to tell you, I'm going to have a new segment of the day episode, but this is the only time, so it's not going to go in the top secret classified thing. It's the only time I can do this. It's going to be Brooks' Broadway report for the first time ever. It's the only time ever. I just have to tell you that the new, that the two biggest hits on Broadway are The Voodoo Doll and The Voodoo Doll's Return. You thought this never movie would come. Now here's back to love. So since I am uh, working right now on a musical that it has already has existed in some form or another, I'm, I listen to this and I say, if I was given the opportunity to write a musical or a straight show, what do you think? Does that, that, does that sound like a musical or a straight play to you? The Voodoo Doll and The Voodoo Doll's Return. Is um, one or the other, maybe both, either one of them? I maybe? mean, are, are, are there like, it could be like a suspense murder mystery kind of... Uh... A suspense murder mystery. Is the protagonist a maybe a visitor to a somebody goes to the Caribbean. Somebody goes on to a the trip. To it's the... like my vision, I guess. Okay. And then and then when they're there, they get a voodoo doll. Yes. That looks surprisingly like someone in their life. Okay. Are there two people going to the Caribbean? Or are there like crazy characters? I haven't, really, I haven't really this is all I got is sort of like the premise right now. Okay. I feel like it could go that does this... One person realizes they can control someone else in their life or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, like kinda, destiny. Yeah, which would be kind of cool. And it's like the power they wield, and they can injure them and make them do different sorts of things. So this is not so formulaic. There's a sense of, or maybe there is, Maybe, but, but would it be kind of like a hero's journey, if you will? Well, yeah, maybe be, they would fall into temptation, but then, I don't know. It's, it's, okay. it's interesting. I feel like it could be really dark. Something about it is it's dark to me. Well, right now, you and I are going to spitball a musical. A musical? Maybe a musical. Yeah. <laughs> Why not make it a musical? Just since I've got musical on the brain right now. You do have musical on the brain. We can make a, uh, a sort of a rock musical based on the voodoo doll. And better question before we begin. How different will the voodoo doll's return be from the voodoo doll? From specifically the voodoo doll. I don't know. Brooks was on to something here. He clearly said that they were both happening at the same time, so there must be a reason why they're both popular at the same time. <laughs> if the voodoo doll isn't... Maybe the voodoo doll's been around for 
like 20 years and then the voodoo doll's return comes in and it's even a bigger hit but like people still <laughs> like the original voodoo doll i'm partial to, to the original voodoo doll but you're you're partial to the original okay so then but voodoo doll's return has its moments you know what, you can't fault it okay so I, I do want to try and see if we can flesh out if you will a little bit of the voodoo doll but i also want to be conscious of the fact that the voodoo doll's return could probably be its own storyline that has an entirely new cast of characters and maybe just that was like the working title and there should be another name or something well i feel like the voodoo doll's return sort of feels like more of a revenge story to me okay then the voodoo doll which is the the one that's like kind of draws you in slowly so the voodoo doll it starts off there's a song there's a flight they're flying to the caribbean it's a couple and the couple as we go through the entire show we see their love tested but their first song is them and the rest of the cabin all singing about going on a vacation or something, right? Yeah. It's like a perfect getting away, et cetera. Absolutely. Maybe making a joke about lost and, oh, is this a dream? No, it's not a dream. It's nothing is what it seems. <laughs> exactly. And it's building up uh, that this is going to change their lives. Yes. And then that's foreshadowing how much it's actually going to change their lives. They land and then... The landing song, when they land and then they're there, that's a protagonist song. That's just sort of, I don't know, maybe the male and the female, uh, or the couple in general. Who knows who what the couple is? It could be uh, male, male, female, female, like male, it, female, this would be a good, whatever. a good song to establish their relationship and how strong it is. In terms of the relationship, they are newlyweds. I'm going to say that right now. It doesn't matter who, what gender they are, but they are newlyweds. Yeah, they and just this got is, married, this is, yeah, this this is their, their honeymoon. honeymoon. Correct. Yeah. Totally legit. So it's their honeymoon. And they uh, have a song together. And it's the first sort of introductory protagonist song where they talk about, you know, certain things. There's like maybe some conflict in what they're looking for, but there should otherwise be a very strong mission statement about what they want out of their relationship with each other. And clearly there could be conflict because they may want something different. But either way, we know what they want. We know what they're about. Yes, they seem to want to, you know, the classics. They, want, <laughs> what are the they classics? want the classics. They want love and happiness and nothing bad to happen yes. and a home and a family and, you know. Okay. The, the class, the American classics, okay. I'd say. Maybe sometime uh, throughout their travels, they, you know, in the very beginning, they come across a bunch of crazy characters. They check into a very swanky hotel. They go to the hotel room or they go down and when they're asking information about the hotel and they are wondering about whether or not there is anything fun that's off the beaten path. Yeah, and exactly. Then, Something genuine. Yes. He's in someplace real. Yeah, because like, everybody tells us to do this, that, and the other, but we really want to do something that like nobody would ever want to do. Yeah, so they get sent to this market or something. Yeah, sure. And this market is like, it's, it's old-timey, and people there have a lot of, you know, wear in their faces. They seem like good-natured folk. Mm-hmm. And they find themselves drawn yes. to one booth in particular yep. with these very interesting looking dolls. And I'm trying to think of what's the best, because this I feel like the role of the person that gives them the dolls or sells them the dolls should be really strong. I don't. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want it to just be like a classic old lady. Like, no. I also don't think it's necessary for this character to be the antagonist. No, I don't think so either. I think that this is more of um, 
it, it, it could end up being a character that kind of comes back in a uh, narrative way. Maybe isn't even in the story later on, or they remember and he like comes out singing stuff in, in some of the songs later because they're kind of like remembering parts of the conversation that we didn't have to highlight in the actual play. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I feel like it would be good if he was like Trinidadian or something like that. And he had, you know, he had, he had the Trinidadian. Yeah, but, you, have, but, but you make sure, though, that those stereotypes are, are legit and they're not like trying to be pandering at all. No, absolutely. I think that's the whole idea is that you have to keep it. Absolutely. You have to keep it that it's trying to genuinely because because i don't want to misrepresent this cult the real, real culture which is oppressed by the government yes so this is a good point for us to all remember and backtrack a little bit in haiti, in haiti you know they they do terrible this, things to voodoo people this clip was recorded in the early in the mid 90s this is 1994 so we could truly if we were to make a musical about this today which is how i think we're should be and are doing it but keep in mind that the way that this would look on stage in the 90s would be so much different than it looks right now. Yeah, so, it would probably be pretty offensive back then. It would be pretty it'd be pretty offensive. I feel like it was just taking on a what we considered like a taboo religion. Yes. You know, and trying to to make something out of it is uh musical wise. So no worries about 94 Voodoo Doll and Voodoo Doll's return. So we've got this couple not defined which you know they could open in the casting call it's open to all genders and yeah, all like identifications and i mean like if you identify if you were gonna try to go for something like comical you know you could have them be very white bread american and that could be like a gag that mm. they keep having like no knowledge of the caribbean Mm-hmm. And they just kind of go there based on postcard pictures and ideas yes. in their head, notions. But I don't necessarily like the, I don't necessarily want the protagonists to be these white bread American people. Like, no. That's not no. a, str- a strong choice. That's why this should be made in 2018, because you could have something like um, the Great Comet of 1812 and cast African American woman as the main princess. And that's totally cool. There's no non-believable or believable about it. It is well, it well, is, well one thing that amazing could be, talent that could be cool is that maybe one half of the couple actually has family from whatever country it takes place in. Yeah, I mean, if you and want, and they have the connection to that, and they're the person that gets the hand on the doll. If you want, to, and the other person doesn't oh, believe in it. Oh, because they, it's not their background. Well, so we're bringing a personal connection into this. I think that when you said that you thought it should be a couple going there rather than just a single person, my immediate thought was that was a really good choice and that the strife should happen between the two of them mm-hmm. and that the voodoo doll, should it should be of one of the couple uh, and the other one should get it you, and so be able to control their uh, mate. You are totally on the right track. And in fact, I think you might have been reading my mind because once they purchase this voodoo doll for however much money, or maybe they don't purchase it. Maybe, maybe it's, 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 I, it's it, like a little shop of horrors thing where like they, they just get it for, get it for free. free yeah. Yeah. So they get it. Maybe the person is like, it looks so much like you. <laughs> I'll just have to give it to you. you know? like, <laughs> I would charge normally, but it like, look, it's just you. And that's the thing that they look, they're like, look, this voodoo doll is just looks exactly like my, my thought is that it would be the, it would be a voodoo doll of the husband. Oh, and that the wife is the protagonist. Yeah. And that the husband, you know, she ends, up, like she ends, up, she ends up manipulating him in the way that like a woman kind of like hopes that she could make a man like a better man that, that, you know, she keeps trying to make him better, but it keeps like backfiring. Right. 
you know, and, and he, he keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So you and say he doesn't, he doesn't believe in it. Yeah. You yeah know, well, you're saying that it's not his background. It's her background. Right. So you're saying that the voodoo doll only works on the person. It only who works the, on it only. It's only it's a voodoo doll because a voodoo doll is a doll that's made specifically like I feel like sometimes not in every situation, but but often you make a voodoo doll of someone. Uh huh. And then, you know, the idea is that you like stick needles into that, hoping that bad things happen to that person. Right. So it'll be a thing where she's first just trying to like make this voodoo doll better and like dress it up or something to and, make him get dressed up. Right. And after a while, oh. she starts having to like she starts starting to attack it. You maybe know, so like. the so yeah the the maybe the thing is is that it's a way to try and change the voodoo doll's uh, repercussions. Yeah, like she tries to first she tries to make it better, and then yes. and then he ends up getting like too strong controlling her in a way of like not she's not he doesn't become the man that she wanted him to be she's not happy with him and or they, they're not happy with them with their with their partner and then the partner becomes something else and then they realize oh i, I want to change this i want to make this better and and then she has to start to make hard choices because she yes. still has this doll and that's like her only defense from maybe him when he starts to get scary and abusive or something and she like has to like maybe fight back only with this doll but like she has to make this choice of possibly horribly injuring him meanwhile because there's always a meanwhile there's got to be a whole other situation there happening. should be an antagonist and i think that the perfect antagonist would be uh <laughs> I was gonna say like maybe uh like the pool cleaning boy. <laughs> this is not a porno. The, this yeah, this no, is no. not a porno. No, but what that what, someone would, somewhat connected. Someone connected. It would be actually you know what? it could be a local who maybe is very debonair and handsome or or you know again it could be either female or male object of the other person's affection to the point where they yes. are a, a siren if you will. That's perfect. A siren that it's tries to distract perfect. from the attraction that clearly is made with this newlywed. I don't know yet if it should be the guy that it's it's a woman that's going for her husband yeah. or it's a guy yeah. that's seducing her. The exact specifications of who is being tempted by whom doesn't really matter. What matters is that one of them is tempted by somebody else who has more malicious intent maybe because they know that the other person has a lot of money so that they could rob them and you know steal their money or something yeah whoever the temptress or the, the, the uh, i don't know if there's a word for temptress with for a man because of the patriarchy but <laughs> yeah but, but they <laughs> but, should but, but like that this antagonist has to have their own song though. yeah and they and they and i, with their and I agree statements. that they should have their own agenda and that their their heart shouldn't be true it shouldn't no. be like a love another love triangle like no. that that's that's weak sauce no it, it would be something messed up yeah i think it would be something things to say that they've never liked tourists or they've never uh found happiness think, being there stuck a, on the island all the time idea that they're like a con artist yeah yeah totally con artist for sure and they're trying to and i think that they're trying to play the long con you know the same way of getting them to marry them and getting all this money from them so then what happens when this con artist finds out about the voodoo, the doll? voodoo doll i think the con artist you know, in theory, is going to want to steal it or something. Right. They, they're they going to want to steal it and realize after... By this point, we're still in the first act, but we've realized that with all the different changes that person one is doing to person two, with all the desires to make them better, that you have this person three who's out in the distance, who's seeing all this maybe happen and realizing, wait a second, something is off. Why is that person different? And then finds out, oh, it's because of this. Well, what if I stole it and then made, uh, uh, you know, made things different and ruined and you know totally distracted them and made everything go crazy and that would be fun. 
like just like totally doing sort of like a Jafar from Aladdin in the uh, event of just like trying to mess with the very fabric of the universe and just Man, see what Jaf- happens. Jafar was a bad dude. You look like Jafar right now, motherfucker. Look at you with your your beard is longer than it's ever been. You're trying to like out, you're trying to beat me right now. It is. I'm, go, I'm going. I'm going for length, man. I'm gonna do it. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm letting it grow. I'm just chopping down the sides so it doesn't get like too crazy. Yep. But uh, yeah, my, the beard game is on. Beard. Let the, let the beard game begin. Um, I, I bet you you'll probably win in the end of the day. My beard. I, I, you, I, you, you. Your beard grows way faster than mine does, and you shave it a lot. Yeah. This is a lot of work for me. You, you know what would be really great if one of these people were male and they probably had a really large beard, and then like the voodoo doll like said, "No, I don't." You know, other person, other person using the voodoo doll is like, "But I really always wanted you to be like clean shaven and don't like you know and." Not and not be able to grow a beard at all, or Chop, something like she, that. And she chops it right off, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Well, not, no, no, no. It's like mind control. So she chops it off, and he'll shave it. You yes. Know? Or he wants him to get a tattoo. She'll like draw on its arm, and he'll go get that tattoo, or something like that. You know. By the end of the first act, there is like total chaos in this world uh, with this couple, and the con artist probably has the upper hand. We've absolutely, if we haven't by the end of the first act heard a charm song we'll have to hear that charm song probably at the end and that's like three characters or two characters that uh maybe have some say in helping out so maybe i would say that those would be the merchants who work in this uh, market that lovable scamp who sold off or gave away that their uh voodoo doll probably has a family that he has to take care of and so the family is very funny. Their dad has been right because it's going to be a male character. It's not going to be like a weird witchy person. Yeah, I think I think it'd be funnier if he was like in uh, and he had a family, forties or fifties kind of male character. And he has like a family, yeah. and clearly he's always like work. Has he's these, sort of like jovial, but he always has know. these voodoo dolls. So like his yeah. uh, his lovable two children, he's probably like a single parent who's taking care of his kids, and the kids are like totally like and they're, they're totally they're, like him. Yeah, and they're totally. What do you, do you think they make fun of him because he's always selling like weird stuff? Oh, it's so like, oh, but this they're... is what I do. And then they have like a charm song, you know, where they talk about how silly, you know, you know, oh, that's creating perfect. dolls you know, for that's people's actually, fate. That's actually really cool because that said, that's kind of speaking to this whole idea of the of the newer generations rejecting the old, yep, and not supporting their religion. Yes. and they kind of believe it's hokum too, and they're kind uh-huh. of like singing about how it's hokum, and he like he firmly <laughs> believes and knows it's true, you know. Yes. And he's like, oh, these kids, you know. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. Let's reel, it, reel back in here. So, oh, my God. That's so crazy. <laughs> so I think that should happen definitely in the first act. By the time the first act ends, as we said before, there will be some sense of moment of doubt, maybe. There's like a little bit of uh, conflict with where the story is going to go after the first act is over. And once the second act begins, maybe we have a sort of a Harry Beaton type number, like from Brigadoon, where uh, there is some like really high energy kind of conflict song, but there's no resolution. There's no resolution per se yet. A resolution song should come well after this because there's still so much to go on. We've got these two people whose lives have totally been changed and they uh, don't know who each other are anymore, but they know that they have to help each other out. So they have to help each other out with an entirely new set of skills at their disposal um, and not the same ones. They don't recognize each other anymore because they've been changed by the very fate of what the voodoo doll has. But they know that they have to get it back. And maybe, just maybe, it's because of the charm characters 
and because this con artist maybe tries to do it with other people or something. Uh, or I don't know, like maybe like he finds a so way. So you think that they need to return it to the guy? They, or they I, need to destroy it? I think the only way to... In the fires of Mount Doom. I think what it what it requires is it requires maybe some very... Well, or they remember, need to get a, this or they need to get a counter spell. All right, I, I'll, I'll level with you. This, I, this, is, a, I'm, this I'm, is a I'm show. Bad, I'm bad at endings. We have to stage this appropriately, okay? Yeah. We This is there a show. To, this is not to, a film. There, this needs is to be, a there needs to be a climax. There needs to be some sort of big resolution. But, but it needs to be a stageable climax, right? Yeah. Because if you're going to create something of heightened variety, it needs to be something that's easy to stage on a technical level, and we can do that now. Uh, do we make a volcano? Uh, sure. I, I mean, I'm not against it, but I think there is probably a much easier. Like There's no volcanoes I in the Caribbean, like, are there? Yeah, there are. Okay. I feel like um, there. There you go. Never been to the Caribbean. <laughs> I feel like um, one thing that would maybe tie it together is if we did some actual voodoo research and found like a real through line of something like a real voodoo legend to make it actually that we're not like just ripping off this thing and trying to make money off this All religion. Right. Then you know what? This is a perfect place to uh, close it out for the time being and we'll return to this idea. What we'll do is the next time Brooks comes on the show and he better fucking come on soon because it's been a while since I've seen that. You know, I was just I was just thinking how we need to get the rogues gallery going again. Well, yeah, we, we, we should, for sure. But that's like, you know, there's a lot of old-timers that we haven't had around in a while. I am I know sure, they've got more. I'm sure that Mr. Rocco, has, since this was technically his idea, and he knew, knows about this, that he might be able to help us close the chapter of the voodoo doll. Uh, we, we, got, we got it we got it rolling way better than I thought we would. You know, I mean, we, it's we, actually not, it's actually not, entire, it's actually not bad. We have the entire first act down. It's not, it's totally not, down. It's not bad. I'm if, not gonna lie. If, if you out there have some ideas as to what you uh, would like to see in the second act of the Voodoo Doll, by all means, <laughs> email us at lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Or if you have ideas for the Voodoo Doll return. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get on to, yeah, exactly. I want to get on to one more clip before the break, and it is a short one. Poetry by two of my friends that I went to Hebrew school with. I, we've talked about them before, uh, Nate and Eric. Um, this is a little poetry corner. It's time for Nate's Poetry Corner. No, Nate. There once was a frog named Fred. He jumped and fell on his head. He started to wheeze and got lung disease and suddenly one day fell dead. It's good edition of Nate's Poetry Corner. Now, uh, Eric wants to say something. Come on over, what's your case? What do I want to do? What am I going to do? You're going to do the thing with me! Say what? Thing <laughs> with Featuring me in the background being really annoying on the assist. <laughs> um, well, you were yeah. passionate. Yes, completely. If you can call it annoying, passionate, for sure. Um, first poem, ADHD is passion. First poem was a limerick. Can you do a limerick right off the top of your head? Of like an old one that I memorized? Of an old one you memorized or just one off the top of your head? I think I can just make one up, maybe. Make one up right now. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll do one after. All right. There once was a guy from Yonkers, and everyone thought he was bonkers. But he walked on the street, 
and he took out his Pete, and everyone knew he was Skronkers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to do one, and then I do want to see if we could uh, create one together, sure. which I think would be fun. All right. Um, <laughs> there once was a priest named Billy. His sermons would always sound silly. He got up on the pew, drinking Mountain Dew, and then he took out his willy. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It was bad. Especially I like how both of our limericks involved a guy taking his junk. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scraping the bottom of the barrel. Right. All right. Um, All right. Let's create one together where... Everyone keeps it in their pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Why don't you start? There once was a cowboy named Tex. Who always felt he had a hex. He rode a big stallion. Had on his neck a medallion. And... I should I should have come up with this rhyme an hour ago when I prompted Tex. Oh God! All right. Um, I, oh yeah, I go. He, I got it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he he rode a big stallion and wore a medallion uh, on top of his pecs that he flexed. Hooray! Right. Can, we, can we do that one more time faster? Yes. Uh, there once was a cowboy named Tex who always felt he had a hex. He rode a big stallion. Well, on his neck a medallion. Uh, on top of his pecs that he flexed. Hooray! <laughs> All right. Uh, and then the second poem we heard in there was about pizza. Um, you have a lot of opinions about pizza. Did, oh, did you ever... Yeah. But, but the question is, did you ever sneeze on a pizza? Or did you ever, like... Sneeze on a... I feel like it would be hard to know. <laughs> well, you... you gross. Pizza, and, and you have a very uh, storied relationship. <sighs> yes, we do. Full um, disclosure, you are gluten-free. Yes, uh, and you not, can not eat, by choice. But you can eat gluten-free pizza now in your adult life. I, but I'm also lactose-free. Fuck, full for dis- real? Full disclosure, it's it's all like not by choice. I have celiacs and lactose intolerance. I don't think I knew about the second. I knew about the yeah. first, as we've covered so many a time on the show. I eat meat and veg is basically the deal, uh-huh. um, which is okay. I get by. Um, but it's one of these things where... Uh, the way I feel about pizza, I used to eat pizza growing up in Brooklyn every day. Every day? Every day. How could you be from Brooklyn and not eat pizza? From the time I was buying my own food. Mm-hmm. So that was like when I was around 10 or 11 when I was going out of the house with money. So for eight years straight, I ate pizza like every day. Okay. Then I went to college in Boston and I didn't eat pizza in Boston at all. And I would only eat it when I came home because it was so bad in Boston. And I'm such a pizza kind of sewer you know mm-hmm. and then i guess in my mid-20s i sort of realized from eating a lot of baked ziti and stuff that like my i couldn't deal with all the gluten baked ziti uh would do it for sure that was the thing that really would cinch me and like made me learn it and now since i haven't had pizza like legit haven't had it in years i haven't eaten pizza in like at least three years i think um, oh really then? yeah why did you eat it three years ago well it was officially the time i stopped Oh, I see. I cut out all the gluten because I was like unsure about it, and then I decided to stop just altogether. And my, I feel a lot healthier now. Like I'm a lot more regular. <laughs> so my pizza story starts when I was on this whole ridiculous health food diet, and I stopped eating dairy altogether. That meant I couldn't eat ice cream, couldn't drink any kind of milk variety, and I couldn't eat pizza. So that was a, a tremendous loss to my stomach. My stomach was unable to process why 
I was not getting that delicious, delicious, gooey cheesiness. So what ended up happening, for example, at a birthday party, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, when I would be at a party and there was pizza, I would have to sneak away for a minute and scrape all the cheese off. As it stands, I can't eat wheat either at this time. I'm not allowed to eat wheat. So I have to you know, grin and bear it and have this wheat pizza with tomato sauce on the bread. And then when eventually I went, I got to college and I just said, I threw the baby at the bathwater and just said, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to eat as much pizza as I goddamn want. And Ithaca is a great town for pizza. It is like a bar none. I mean, especially considering the fact that they've got their own pizza offshoots and calzone offshoots, I should oh, yeah. say. I mean, I feel like deep dough. In the local area, like Gross. Jersey, upstate, you should be able to find good pizza because it's so close to the epicenter. Right. You know, so it's like, if, there's plenty of guys, I'm sure, that moved out of New York. They wanted to go to the Burbs. and like, I'm going to open a pizza joint over here because there ain't no good pizza and I'll clean up. Right. But the way I feel about pizza, like, do you, it's like one of the, I really feel like the relationship I have with pizza was a relationship. I wish I could still be with pizza. Me and pizza had it so good. It yeah. was so, there were so many good times that we had together, but now I sort of know that pizza's bad for me and that I'm only going to pay for it. And in the moment, being with pizza is going to be really good, but then as I let as I let it go on, it's just going to be terrible. So I go out and I see pizza everywhere. Pizza's with everybody around town. I look in the window in New York and I see pizza with, with, with all my friends. And I'm jealous of them, but I know I can't. I can't. And pizza would take me back in a minute, yeah. but I can't. So Two Boots is not going to give us any money, but I will admit that uh, I was really impressed that Two Boots has gluten-free options. And wouldn't that entail that they make it with a type of different, a different type of, uh, of milk that might be okay or better, at least? I'm sure if you go to like a, some vegan restaurants, you might be able to get gluten-free lactose-free pizza yeah but you know why would torture yourself i could get a 100 percent original real piece of steak or some delicious sushi that's not been tampered with or i can get this like very subpar yeah copycat I, of stuff i used to like i guess the reason why i mentioned that because you, you're right and it's good to have the you know whatever of the actual kind of food instead of the uh alternative or very vari- or a variation on that all that said though when you have something that could be made differently and it's still delicious i will always appreciate that i'm i'm really intrigued at how many different ways you could make something taste like it would if it wasn't without all of the accoutrements of a normal type of food. So if you had pizza that didn't have anything that would otherwise make it a pizza, but it still tastes like a pizza. It's like, I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe it doesn't yeah. have dairy. People always say, oh, it's it seems like it's difficult to not eat pizza living in New York. And I go, well, that's exactly it. I live in New York and the delicious pizza is everywhere. It's even worse when I will do tourism and I will like bring people to great pizzerias and then have to like sit there and watch them eat it. That's so terrible. I've had that happen. That's fucking awful. And all the only solace is that I'm being paid to be there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing it for free. It's not like a hobby of mine to watch people eat food I can't eat. Like I got like I'm some sort of weird food voyeur and like, yeah, I don't like to engage with the pizza myself, but if you want to, I'll just watch and touch myself with tomatoes. So. <laughs> <laughs> what a visual let's, let, let, let's go on, to, on a quick little break with a more musical interlude and when we get back from that we will return with some more clips 
The tomato sauce is the only part that's not as gluten-free I can touch. <laughs> uh, these- I'm lost. I'm rewound. <laughs> Radio Free Brooklyn. We have another Danziger Zone clip featuring our friend Brooks Rocco about to be heard. It's unfortunate he is not here, but this is something that I think we could all talk about because it involves the game called Donkey Kong Country for the SNES, which was released in 1994. It was a revolutionary game at the time because of the graphics and gameplay and just overall fun nature of being able to do a two-player game. With this, I mean, it was a two-player game. You played Donkey 94, Kong. Ninety-four was a good year, man, for video games, for everything. Okay, wasn't that like wasn't just like Biggie Wu Tang? Yeah. It was all like yeah, ninety-four. I, I, I knew you were going to talk about the rap. <laughs> so you just like listening to Wu Tang and Biggie while playing Donkey Kong Country? No, that's absolutely not what the case. Okay, because I was I'm not an OG. I did not listen to rap as a child. I, we know this at all. We know this. I was listening in ninety-four to like probably something really crappy, but. Were you playing video games? I was absolutely playing Donkey Kong Country when I when it was 94. Okay. Yes. Did you... I was bad at it. You were bad at it? I was very bad at Donkey Kong. Well, listen up, because... We got tips and tricks. We got tip. We got a little bit of a tip and a trick here from Donkey Kong Country. I, I don't even know if it's a tip and a trick. It's more of a, a trivia, if you will. A little trivia. I think maybe something you didn't really know. Oh, uh, maybe then maybe. Let's hear it. <laughs> called the challenge but the question was challenging it was very challenging bravo brooks rocco oh bravo rocco uh, <laughs> um, one of the reasons why i wanted to play that clip was it it sparked to mind the intense amount of trivia knowledge that came before really the internet was the place to go you just had to go and look through your booklet, or you had to call the Nintendo hotline, I guess it was called. I definitely remember calling up the Nintendo hotline yeah. and asking them questions about video games. And then yeah, the Nintendo and they Power. Would, they would answer. And like, you had all the trivia Nintendo Power, too. If you Remember we called them and we were like... You could call them. We were like, yeah. what dungeon in, in Zelda is this, like, this item in? And they like told us. Because, yeah, that information was not readily available. <laughs> It was a 900 number, too, by the way. 
So you could not call this number without getting your house charged. Nope. Calling that number was just as taboo as calling like a sex hotline in some respects because if your parents found out that you were spending the phone bill on talk uh, you know try to get an answer about video games major disdain yeah i mean donkey kong donkey kong it was such a weird game there was uh, there were it's one of these things that back in those days when all the different video games were like trying out visual styles Donkey Kong had that, like, it was so unique looking. Yes. And it had the darkness. It was rare, I think, was the company. And rare. then they did Killer Instinct as well. Oh, Killer Instinct was was, was a fantastic game. I mean, such great visuals. That was a fighting game where the uh, characters looked so lifelike at that time. Yeah, back in those days, that game was over the top. It had, like, the blood effects and stuff. But Killer Combo! Oh! Just, Ultra yeah, Combo! Oh, yeah, I just... That game, there was, there was something about it where all the characters... On their own, I love the design, but together it was such a mishmash of like disconnected. You know, they just didn't. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't mesh together. But each guy was so cool that you didn't care. You know, it it was this big like, oh, there's a werewolf versus a a robot with laser swords. There, there is a plot. I actually did a little research on Killer Instinct about a little less than a year ago because it had occurred to me that I never knew really what the plot was. I guess Orchid was supposed to like there was like a female uh, protagonist uh, and a male protagonist, and I think one of them was a ninja and the other one was like a spy. They were supposed to be the, the human, more or less human uh, protagonist. And then everybody else was either like a charm character, just sort of there like for shits and giggles, like a Blanca uh, from Street Fighter. Or they were um, from outer space, like uh, Gla- Glacius, I think it was. It looked, there was like one yeah, character that like looked that like ca- fire, and then one that looked like yeah. ice. And the one were, from ice was from another planet or they something. They were really cool. And then... It was a lot of, they were just so cool looking, yeah. Yes. And there was the, the character that was on the cover... Whose name was uh, Kilgore, and Kilgore was, was kind of Kilgore was kind of like the Jack of the Tekken series. Yes, because they were just these assembled okay. robots who there's like multiples of them, and then when you win the game, it's just like the world is overrun by all of these Jacks or Kilgores, if you will. But the visual style with Kilgore was so cool. He had like the like top knot. And it's just his mask and everything imitating that. That was such a popular style back then. What like, putting your hair big, up above no, your head? No, not the hair, but the, the the face style of like a big night looking mask with eye slits and glowing eyes. Uh-huh. And, uh, it just it was they were jumping on board with with everything that was so nineties. No, the top knot just worked for him. I'm not a fan of top knots other than samurai. You play new games? Have you played Super Mario Galaxy? I did play Super Mario Galaxy, yeah. And there's I a, didn't play through it, but I played it, there's I played a it occasionally. There's a whole level that treats New York City and makes it New Donk City. <laughs> and it's all the street names are references to the Donkey Kong universe. And there's even like a, a scene while music is playing, too, which is breathtaking to watch. In, in one word, I would say breathtaking, because you're in this 3D game, and then all of a sudden you're playing a 2D reimagining of the Donkey Kong series where your Mario becomes like a like the 2D sprite from the original Nintendo game and you're trying to play the game that made Donkey Kong a whole thing seeing the actual normal Nintendo sort of way it looked but on in a background that still clearly is within the realm of the 3D sort of beautiful lush graphics 
is pretty crazy. And then like the music just adds this whole element to it. So it brings together the past and the future. I think they're doing that now with um, the new Mega Man game. You hear about this? It's the same idea. They're making it exactly like old Mega Man's. But it's not coming until next year, right? I believe next year. Yeah. yeah. But it's going to be just like old Mega Man's, but exactly. They're going to redo all the graphics. One video game that I just play, that I just started playing that's a lot of fun, they made this Dragon Ball Z fighting game. Oh, for made, real? Made by the guys that did Guilty Gear. You How did Guilty they... Gear? I've never played Guilty Gear. What's that? Guilty Gear is a fighting game that's that's like kind of based around rock music. And every character looks like a, like a rock musician. It's uh-huh. it's actually a pretty awesome game. And that is like, like all these bending guitar notes while you're fighting people. I love it. Yeah, it's actually like a pretty sweet sweet. But you but you're like musicians and you like hit people with guitars, etc. I don't know that they're actually musicians, but it's all musically inspired. And every all character right. you can tell like came from, like this is the metal guy. This is like the, but the, this... the like the ballad guy. <laughs> you just can sort of tell. There's a punk. There's a hair metal. There's a glam. Yes, perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Like one guy's and they, but they've all got like regular weapons. But like even the guy who's like the metal guy like his sword sort of looks like squarish like and he holds it like i don't know it's you again you have to play it more but this dragon ball z game yeah man I was gonna it's, say. it's it's super fun man surprised that it took that long for there to be there where there must have been a dragon There's ball a ton z of, ton of video games but they were all were like, they ever released in america yeah there were a lot of ones that came out here but the deal is they were all really slow paced and just didn't feel like the cartoon when we were kids and stuff where everything is going super fast super and- fast and it's like impossible to follow <laughs> you're like what and like, like, they, like guys like charging like ah, it's like, like the like, like <laughs> it's anime's version of hockey exactly that's a good way to put it and um and they, they have like a little in-game explanation as to yeah. why all the characters are back and fighting each other. Because if you think about it, the main character, Goku, would just beat everybody, right? Mm-hmm. He's just better than everybody. Right. So if you fought and you chose him, you should just be able to win because he's stronger than every other character in the whole story, right? So yep. they had to like make a story as to why you can fight and be on par with everyone and everyone else has a chance against you. It was written by the guy who created the Dragon Ball Z originally and stuff. So it was like cheesy, but it made sense, you know? But it's like uh, it was the same way. It's like it's a nostalgia factor thing, and they they the way they designed the game is it feels a lot like um, Street Fighter, but Dragon Ball Z Street Fighter. How's the music? Actually, not bad. No. 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 That's just that's some Street Fighter shit. Hey, Capcom honestly made some of the best music ever for video games. That's why I totally trust that they will bring it with Mega Man. Capcom has three and probably more that i can't think of off the top of my head but three big franchises they got street fighter they got mega man and they got resident evil they did resident evil too resident evil as well how about that so and i feel like resident evil is probably the one that's going the strongest right now well still a lot of resident evil it's games. also the newest of all of the three franchises yes so yeah it is yeah but um they redid i downloaded the uh the original resident evil with redone graphics beautiful
our last clip for this edition, we bring you something from college. This is something very separate. Kind of consider this the main event for the show. And it's unfortunate that our dear Allison will not be here to hear this, but let's give a little bit of context. In college, my freshman year, I was taking a survey of jazz history class. Smoking jazz cigarettes? But, yeah, well, <laughs> my, my teacher was uh, this crazy white dude who claimed to have played with all the greats and clearly must have done drugs with them as well because he was a little bit off. Very nice guy. But that semester, I was not a great student. And I was lucky enough to have an opportunity to, in perfect Jimmy Hoffman fashion, do something different in order to get a better grade. I was in a singer-songwriter circle where I got a chance to hang out with other singer-songwriters. And I wouldn't have considered myself a singer-songwriter back then, but I did like writing songs. I submitted one of the songs that was created in this circle for my survey of jazz history class. I got an A on the project, which brought my full upgrade to like C plus or something to end that semester. However, the project itself is of more note, and I will play it first, and then we'll talk about it. Life is a bowl of cherries Nicely whipped in ice cream And if you want it, you can get it If you know how to use it Your life can be a dream Your life can be a dream your head on straight, girl. Don't look back. Cause if you do, might give you a, a heart attack. I've been living my life since I was three. Sure as life, this future scares me. Living life in New York City, where they say I'll be pretty popular So I'm gonna break the odds And do as I please Cause there ain't nothing here to stop me Yeah, there ain't nothing here to stop me Cause mama said Life is a bowl of cherries Nicely whipped in ice cream And if you want it, you can get it If you know how to use it your life can be a dream Your life can be a dream Oh, come on, here we go Well, I was walking in the park Minding my own business When I saw a man sitting in the distance He was jamming and flirting down with his son And he asked me to come play along I sat down and started singing a groove, a groove, and then I got to my feet and I started to move. The words he spoke put me in a trance. So I got the funky, I started to dance. Yeah, life 
is a bowl of cherries. Yeah, yeah, nicely whipped in ice cream. And if you want it, you can get it. If you know how to use it, your life can be a dream. Yeah, yeah, your life can be a dream. And then I said, Scott, scoot, doo doo, skee dee 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 da, doo da, da, Scott, doo da, da, do, do it about bow, 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 Gather round now, listen to the sound now Giving you the beat of your life going down now Having a good time, listen to a dark rhyme Feeling the flow of a life that is love everlasting I'm living it, and you're living it And we are all living a dream of life That is life, that is life, yeah Life is a bowl of cherries Uh-huh Nicely whipped in ice cream And if you want it, you Get it if you know how to use it. Yeah, life, your life can be a dream. Come on, come on, one more time now. Life is a bowl of cherries, nicely whipped in ice cream. And if you want it, you can get it if you know how to use it. The show's tagline is Time to get embarrassed with us I leave it up to you Anyone out there to out embarrass me on that. Scoop it about There's a lot of scatting on that track. Yeah, man. That's why I was able to get a better grade on that jazz class because I was scatting. Oh, I was yeah. like, how can this include jazz? Oh, okay. I'll just really double down on these. I was not playing guitar on that track. I had my buddy James Hearn. H-E-A-R-N-E. He's somebody that is making music now and is absolutely phenomenal, and you should absolutely check him out. Uh, and I'll have to let him know about this episode, too. So James was playing guitar. The lyrics are this woman, Kim, whose last name I can't recall because I uh, just never stayed in touch with her after college. We were trading songs. So my song got put to somebody else. Mm. I got somebody's lyrics and this might be something that might be cool for you to try at Tilt, maybe. like, And there would be like certain singers and songwriters who will work on each other's music. I feel like your friend Alana would be really into this as well, too. I feel like that would be fun. And I feel like... But that's what everybody did. They just for, shared. I feel like it would work well for music, but I, don't, I feel like it wouldn't work well for comedy. It's too personal, you know? Oh, no, I'm not saying comedy, but I'm saying for, no, for I was, music. No, I was thinking about it, yeah. For music, for sure. No, that's nothing else other than music. I think every so often, it's really rare, but when you have people that are like open micers and they've been miking for like a long time, they will cover songs of friends of theirs. Yeah. And that's rare when it happens. You saw that at Bar 4 all the time. Before I see it at Bar 4, people used yeah. to do it. 
People have done it before. There was a friend of mine, Taylor Selzback. He's a world traveler. The guy only never stays in one place for too long. He's yeah. living in Iceland. And then I think he moved to Chile now. So he's down in uh, in South America for sure, somewhere in South America, taking a lot of photos, playing music. Yep. And when he was leaving, as like a going away thing, people just covered his songs. That's so cool. And he's a fantastic songwriter. So aside from being a great musician, he just happens to have some really good songs that when people covered them, you were like, yeah, these are just good songs. Yeah. Because, you know, without even having him play them, you were like, these are just really hold up, you know? That song was recorded in the Roy H. Park School of Communications right around the corner from the radio station. I forget who engineered that. This song would end up being recorded on video. That is a whole other... Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. But here's the thing. Did it, was there like a music video of you like dipping cherries into ice cream? That It, it was, I'll tell wearing you right. A, wearing a tuxedo? Jimmy. Is it, even, you, is it worse? I, ha- <laughs> I, I, I have to tell you, it was filmed in the Boothroyd Hall on the Ithaca College campus, their like lounge. And one of my friends, may he rest in peace, in dear, dear peace, John Fountain, another really, really talented singer-songwriter who uh, was living out in Colorado for a while. And I have a feeling that a lot of his music is covered, too, to this day, which is good because his legacy needs to be lived on. He was a film major, and he uh, filmed me with his equipment in his dorm's lounge, lip-syncing this song. God bless him. So patient. He was filming me, lip-syncing this I think he actually did it for me and he put the music from that, you know, actually, you know, li- lining up the audio with the video and it did not match up completely. And my hair was a mop. I'd like to see that one of these days, one of these days, but that's all we have time for, for this edition of lost and rewound more to come. And certainly a lot from this episode to be continued, uh, like any good sequel, it will come when the time is right. Thank you so much for joining us on another thrilling edition of Lost or Around here in Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Jimmy. My name is Alon. Follow me at Slim Jim Jammer on Instagram and uh, see me Mondays at Tilt, Brooklyn. Again, McKibben Street, right off of the Montrose of the Morgan L stop. Go check out the Secret Loft NYC on Facebook and find out about the Phantom of the Paradise in concert on March 12th, March 19th, and March 26th. And you can follow me on Twitter at E-L-A-N-N spelled out. Thanks so much again for listening, and we'll see you, you'll hear us, next week. Right here on Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. La la la, la 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 la, la 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 la, la la la. La, 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 la,